So what's going on podcast? Paul here back with another episode. Hopefully you're doing well and I wanted to literally just hit record on a voice memo and share a couple of emotions that I've been having over the last couple of months. These emotions have punched me in the face a couple of times. They've been quite difficult to, to deal with but now kind of sitting here just poured my morning coffee and sort of looking back. There are emotions that I believe I needed to go through. There are emotions that I needed to process and For some reason, I thought, why don't I just share them with you, share them with the podcast and kind of let you know what those emotions were, how I managed to kind of process them. And maybe these are emotions that you might be going through as well. And, you know, me sharing how I've maybe managed them may help you process them too. The first one is is probably one that we can all relate to, and that is burnout. Um, Quite simply put, I've done it many times before. Just after Dad's suicide back in 2009, um, probably end of 2009, by that time I'd left my job. I didn't stay at my job for for much longer after my dad's suicide because I was always doing entrepreneurial things like selling fake items on eBay, Lacoste, or should we say Bacoste. Um, I was quite entrepreneurial all the way kind of up until that career path, but my dad was very traditional. He wanted me to go to work or university and kind of seeing how his life ended and seeing the, the the views that he had around work and working hard and wanting to retire early but really working a job that obviously wasn't fulfilling, um, I left pretty quickly after that and I started a business. Now that business, looking back on it, taught me a lot and I learned a lot from it and I'm grateful that I did make that jump. My mum supported me on that jump but what I also did was use that work as a distraction. I used the business, building the business, the work that I was doing, the laptop, whatever it was, as a distraction, a runaway from the grief, a runaway from the emotions that I was carrying after my dad's suicide. And I believe I did that probably for about two, three, maybe four years before I had the awareness and the help to actually realize, shit, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. I'm distracting myself from this grief because I don't want to deal with it. I don't know how to deal with it. And work became a distraction. And what I found myself very quickly doing was burning myself out, literally working, 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 I'm working because I wanted to make my dad proud, working because I wanted to show off, working for other reasons than um, enjoying the process. And I found myself pretty burnt out. And it happened again recently. Now, the lucky thing recently is it only happened for a couple of months. And now I've got the self-awareness to kick in and say, Paul, you need to do something about it. You're, you're, you're burning yourself out. And it's just this scary cycle. I don't know if you can relate to this, where I'd wake up in the morning I'd say to myself, Paul, you've got to do something today. Go for a run, do some meditation, read a book, whatever it is, just spend an hour, bit of self-care, look after you because you can feel your mental health declining. And then the other part of my brain would kick in and say, but Paul, you've got this to-do list that's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You've got this project. You've got this business that you're now about to grow and you you want to get it out there as quickly as you possibly can. You've got expectations from clients. You've got this talk that you need to deliver as well. And then it kind of makes you realize, "Mm, actually, yeah, I haven't got an hour spare. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to crack on my work. And then every morning, every morning, the same thing happens again. I wake up, oh, I didn't go for a run yesterday. I need to go for a run this morning. The side of the brain kicks in again, but you got to do this, you got to do that. And quite frankly, I found myself in, not I wouldn't say a burnout stage, but just feeling pretty crap, like foggy, um, not very productive eating a lot of rubbish and every other kind of bad habit that I can easily find myself um, doing was, was, was creeping in into my daily routine. So um, I kind of just said to myself, right, I need to make a change. And for the last week, um, for the first hour of every day, I've tried to do something for me, whether that's reading, meditation, I've just been for a run. Um, so 
if you are going through that right now, burnout is, is something that we can all easily do and it's quite a natural um, thing that we just find ourselves falling into. But the key thing is you. The best investment that you will ever make in your career, the best investment you will ever make in your business, the best investment you will ever make in your relationships, whatever it is, is in yourself. So just spend half an hour, an hour, you know, even 20 minutes doing something that you want to do every single day that's going to help your mental health and stop you from burning out. The other um, emotion is a little bit deeper. The other emotion that I was struggling to deal with was, was could, could my dad still be alive? Um, and there's a couple of reasons why I was feeling that way. Um, one of the reasons why I was having this emotion of, could my dad still be alive? How would life be different if my dad was still alive? Um, what I would do to just see him one more time. All of these kind of emotions were coming out. And one of the reasons why I believe I had this emotion was because of the awareness. There's so much more awareness around mental health now, which is amazing. And obviously, you know, I'm trying to push the awareness to myself personally. But I almost felt to myself, God, if this awareness existed in 2007, 2008, 2009, um, you know, even prior to that, like, would my, would my dad have struggled in silence? Like, would my dad had suffered in silence? Would my dad, with those emotions and those suicidal thoughts and the depression that he might have been having prior to us even recognizing it, if awareness existed at work, you know, in the media, people talking about it, me coming home from school, my brother coming home from school and saying, oh, we learned about this regarding to mental health, I do wonder, like, would my dad would have said something? Would my dad maybe have come forward and said, actually, I feel this way? Um, but he didn't, you know, he suffered in silence for so long. And the story I always explain is of him just simply breaking overnight, this breakdown that was very clear for all of us to see. But I always now say in my dad's mind, that breakdown wasn't overnight. It was a long time of just chipping away at him, chipping away at him, having these thoughts, but feeling like he can't talk about it and suffering in silence and suffering in silence until he almost got to that critical point that he had to get help and, and very quickly after that obviously he took his own life um, so awareness is one of them and I just thought to myself if this awareness existed like could my dad still be alive like would would things have been different um, then the other one was, was mental health units um, I've spoke to a couple of people that instead of going to a mental health unit they went to like more of a holistic retreat um, speaking to an amazing lady yesterday I met her for coffee and she was saying about how she went to America um, to this I don't know how you'd explain it, but it's almost like a house. And then they were working on her with her mental health challenges. Um, and, you know, she was there for about six weeks. She came back and she said it was kind of life-changing for her. Um, she was explaining how they were, you know, they had nutritionists. They had like nice places that you could go. It was a really nice sort of location, a really nice environment, sort of really good therapists. Every therapist there had been through something that the patients had been through too. So they almost had that compassion, that relatability as well, um, the personal experience element of it. And then I kind of thought to myself, wow, like my dad's experience in a mental health unit, like how did that impact him? You know, when he, he eventually sectioned himself after his first attempt and when he sort of survived that first attempt and we all kind of thought everything would go back to normal, it didn't, he, he was a lot worse and he had clear suicidal thoughts and, and he said, I, I need help, I need help. And, and they, you know, put him into a mental health unit this mental health unit was sort of five minutes from where we live, tucked behind a hospital that I never even knew existed. And a couple of things that kind of stood out to me is just one, how horrible the place is. Like going and seeing my dad there with my family every single day, he was in there probably for about three months, maybe four months in and out, in and out, 
but he was there for a period of probably three months where he was in a unit that he couldn't even leave like the doors are locked you can't even leave this ward and then all of a sudden after a short period of time as long as my dad's proven that you know maybe he isn't having these suicidal thoughts which is kind of difficult because my dad was just would just say no I feel a lot better now um they would then let him out into kind of like the canteen area in the mental health unit still and then he was allowed to kind of join activities and whatever they were doing in there and then I remember vividly coming traveling to work to go and see him one evening and he met me in the main hospital so we had dinner in the main hospital in the canteen so he could walk from the mental health unit which was a unit behind the hospital walk out of the unit you know down the road into the the hospital the main hospital and then me and him had dinner and I vividly remember it. it's actually stuck in my mind now it's like saying goodbye to him giving him a cuddle giving him a kiss and then him just walking down this dark road back to the mental health unit and you know thinking about that again it's pretty pretty horrible pretty dark um but the place is just plastic it's cold you know it's highly involving around medication um the only routine you really had in there is what kind of medication he needs to take and when it was very much about trying different cocktails of medication the people in there again is like complete severity of different mental illnesses my dad was in there dealing with his depression um you know whatever he was going through at that time but you had people in there with like schizophrenia, psychosis, borderline personality disorder, and I'm not kind of, you know, judging anyone or any kind of form of mental illness, but, you know, my dad's now in an environment with completely different people that, you know, he's not been used to. And um, those patients that were more severe at that time weren't really getting the help either. So, you know, it kind of has a compound effect of it kind of being worse. And I know that if I surround myself with, you know, if I'm in an environment that's kind of very negative and it's very judgmental like of course you know my mental health is going to decline and I also think now now I'm a dad like if my kids came and visited me in that unit how would I feel like I would be judging myself completely you know if my boys came and saw me in this unit I would I would be judging myself I would be judging myself I'd feel like I've let them down and I, I guess that's what my dad felt as well he felt judged he felt like he was you know he was judging himself and also as well, my dad's pure conditioning around a mental health unit. He once called them a loony bin. You know, this is a loony bin where loonies go. This was his condition, and he said this once to us. And my brother reminded me the other day. You know, this is a loony bin where loonies go. Now my dad is in this loony bin. His conditioning has told him to believe that if you struggle with mental illness, you're a loon. You go to a loony bin. Now he's really, really struggling because he hasn't told anyone. He hasn't been able to manage his whatever's been going on in his mind and now he finds himself in a mental health unit his mind must be saying god you're a loon neil you're a loony you're a, you know you're in this loony bin what have you done and just complete complete pure judgment compounding compounding and it must just make you feel worse um so i do kind of feel to myself like imagine my dad was so holistic he ran every day he ate healthily he did reiki he did meditation he did yoga he read self-help books you know he had a psychology degree. He had it all in his kind of tank. He had it all there. Um, maybe just taking him to more of a holistic approach where someone said to him, you know, Neil, everything's going to be okay. Someone sat down with him and tried to get him to process those emotions a lot more, connect with him. But then maybe say to him, look, in a safe environment, do you want to do a little bit of exercise together? You know, that was what my dad used to keep going for so long. That's what my dad did to feel good. So at that period you know I don't believe medication was the answer I believe a more holistic approach was um, but of course resources aren't there and then I also feel guilt around that 
um, guilt again creeps up as the emotion of why didn't you do more? Like why didn't you say, Dad, we've got a bit of money. Why don't we try and find somewhere that we could maybe go to and you could maybe get some better help? And you know that guilt is there, but at the same time, I just just thought Dad would snap out of it. This is just purely with mental health. I thought he would snap out of it. I had no education around it. Suicide would just never end, ever enter my mind at all. Like my dad would never kill himself. So there's been a huge amount of emotions over the last um, couple of months, and, and those are the main ones. And I wanted to kind of share them with you. I'm in a much better place now, 100%. But this is what I kind of strive towards: is being open to talk about our emotions, about how we're feeling. And also at the same time, I think self-awareness is so key. Like All of those emotions that I'm kind of talking you through right now is helping me because I'm processing them more. I'm having awareness around them. Why am I feeling this way? Oh, it's because of this and this. And even just me explaining the moment of my dad walking away back to the unit, that's kind of kicked in. It's a memory that I haven't really you know, looked at for a long, long time. It's something I want to process. So talking is so, so important, guys. And, and hopefully... If you take anything from this episode, it's it's to do this. You know, whether you want to talk into a voice memo, whether you want to share a message with me on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or email, wherever you want to do it, um, you can do that by going to pmcgregor.com on all of the platforms or email me at paul at pmcgregor.com. Whether you want to journal, whether you want to, you know, go and speak to your therapist, whether you want to speak to a loved one or a friend, just get it out. You know, suppressing your emotions isn't going to benefit you in any way. Just get it out however you seem fit. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. Please leave a rating and a review on this podcast if you've enjoyed it. I've got some episodes coming for you very shortly. I really need to focus more on my personal kind of content, um, which I will be doing, especially sort of early next year. So make sure you watch out for that. Um, And just enjoy the rest of your day, the rest of your week. And I'll speak to you all very, very soon. Thank you for listening. Speak soon.